Little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he churned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step out Hello again, folks. Welcome back to another episode of the Second Mouse Podcast. We are very, very hashtag blessed that Gatto is here to regale us with the stories of how um, whatever he did in the last two weeks that he couldn't be on the show. Gatto, how are you, sir? I don't know what that word means, so I'm not going to answer that question as per what my lawyer has told me. Okay. Um, We're also joined by Q. Q, how are you, sir? I'm pretty good. Okay, cool. I'm one and one. I'm, I, I went three and zero in fantasy week one, and I went one and two week two. So I'm not not very happy actually. You're just pressed right now. Yeah. Well, thanks again, folks, for jumping in. Um, we're going to talk a little football um, and who are some of our crisis response folks are, but also who are our surprises. We'll get into a little uh, New York Giants, Washington Commandos information later. But first, I wanted to kick us off with a quick question as. Spooky season is right around the corner here, boys. Um, what scene from a horror movie still sticks with you to this day? So for me, I would have to say there was probably two pretty prominent ones. Um I saw the exorcist probably way younger than I probably should have. And that scene where her fucking head goes 360 spin. How old were you? Um, Eight. Perfect age. Oh my God. Yeah. Behind the time, by the way. I I was watching that. (laughs) I was like, I came out of the womb watching that. Come on, man. Um, But no, the the one that's most prominent to me, I remember was when I first uh, saw the original, the OG Halloween, uh, when she's actually in the, when Jamie Lee Curtis's character's in the uh, the closet and he starts fucking like, because like normally like you know it, it, you don't expect like he he'll like move around and then just crash through. It's kind of drawn out. He just starts punching like into the closet and it like takes like four or five punches before the, the thing breaks. So it's like it's that anticipation of the like what's gonna fucking happen I, again. Another movie I probably saw way too fucking young. Um, but definitely, definitely a classic. So horror edging for Q. Love edging. Um, I, so there's two that stick out to me only because it's not like scary shit isn't scary to me. Because like if you lived in my head, you would know like that's a scary place. Um, what there are these two scenes, though, and I think it's because I saw them in theaters. Um Hostile 2. I know exactly the scene you're going to say. 
Hostel 2. When Wait, the, the Hostel 2 or the original? No, it was 2. Got to uh, be the second one. When when they they reversed the role and the girl who was I know essentially going to be murdered yeah. ends up being the murderer. And uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know what you're and, talking about. And then um and then the other one is I think it's this at this point like the uh the saws had become really kitsch and just corny but there's this one scene like the third one where the guy falls into like a 10 foot deep pit in the middle of this room of dirty used syringes yeah and both of those just give those two scenes just give me such ick factor that i i to this day it still makes me like what, kind something of cringe and Yes, something similar to that. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Suspiria, the original one from the seventies. It was like, it's like it's an Italian horror movie, very schlocky, but like very colorful. There's that a scene. Is he? Yeah, no, it's it's really fucking amazing. The music is awesome. Um, the imagery is beautiful. There's a scene where a girl like sneaks through one of the like doors, like or like a little like little cubby, and ends up in a room that's full of barbed wire. And like she's literally just like stuck in barbed wire, and you find out like that actually like the the people like when they were making the movie like didn't clean. I don't think they like cleared out all of like the blades, so she was actually getting cut a lot of them. A lot oh, of them so it, it really is like that's that's another fucking classic movie, and the and they did it like a reimagining a couple years ago, and it was fucking good too. So two different movies completely. That movie. And uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I love both I love of them. I had to stop watching because they actually made me feel dizzy. Yeah, that <laughs> that one, especially if you're on illicit substances, will uh, will freak you out. Hey, I'm not allowed to answer that. I just asked my lawyer. No one asked you a question. Yeah, that's more of a comment than anything else. <laughs> no. Got um, that one scene from Saw. I think it was either Saw Two or Saw Three. I don't think it's a guy they push in. I think it was the girl who was the drug addict or pretending to be the drug addict that they push. Oh in. yeah. Maybe. I remember that scene. And there was one where she's yeah. just like, she's trying to crawl out and they're just all jammed in her yeah. arms and shit. And oh. I was like, Oh, Fuck yeah, that's that, not that is a rough one. Yeah. What about you, Tom? I it's would worse. say for me, it's from the original Pet Cemetery where. Um, oh God. Uh. Where uh, Judd Crandall is in the house, and the baby that came back to life cuts his Achilles tendon. No yep. fair. No fair. And like the knife going <laughs> in and then going through the tendon, it was just. I saw that when I was like fourteen or fifteen. I was like. I'm that, gonna have like a ruptured Achilles tendon at some point in my life, and if that's gonna be the reason why, there's gonna be a reanimated child hiding under my bed, slicing my Achilles tendon, and the OG uh, Hostel too has that. Does it? I can't remember. The that. the the friend who like he has that interaction with the guy in the train, and uh -huh. he becomes like one of the first victims, like. He's pretty much torturing him, and he's like, "Oh, you want to leave? Oh, okay, no problem." And then he just slices his Achilles tendon, and then like he's like, he lets him loose. He's like, "Go ahead, leave." And you see actually the separation of the. <sighs> yeah, it's. I, that was one of the moments like when I was flip. like, 
Oh, God. That fucking movie, man. Eli Roth should be in jail. And now he's, I don't know if you guys saw the trailer for, uh, he had made a fake trailer for a horror movie called Thanksgiving uh, for the Grindhouse Thanksgiving's not horrifying enough. I know. Yeah. But it was for the Grindhouse movies uh, for, uh, you know, Death Proof and uh, Planet Terror. And they're actually making a real movie now. Like, it's like 10 years old. I'm like shocked that they're like still interested in it. But I think I like, saw a preview for that the other day. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it, it, I'm, I'm I'm into it. I, it was weird though because it was like Patrick Dempsey, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I know him. And then it was like Addison yeah. Ray, and I was like, that's who was in it. Yes, he's all huge that fan of the show. By the way, too? huge fan of the show, Addison Ray. <laughs> Under over thirteen plugs. Oh God, yeah, got to get the the prominent like. How are you doing I today? Got, I got this hacksaw at Home Depot, <laughs> guys, and now I'm going to cut your leg off with it. <laughs> I am going to cut your legs off with this brand new Ryobi tree trimmer <laughs> with a 40-volt well, battery pack. All of a sudden, the music goes from ominous to dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I'm going to seal the wound with this Elon Musk flamethrower. <laughs> Oh, that's definitely viewing for us. Well, I appreciate you uh, humoring me with your quest, with your with your thoughts here. And oh, fuck, Hostel and Saw. There's Saw Ten is coming out, and I'm like, who else do we have left to kill? I don't. They're know. still doing that. It's it's a it's gonna be a, from the trailer I saw. It's like apparently they're like his first victim or something. I don't know. It's a. Oh, it's they're obviously doing, a prequel. They're doing like um a prequel. Yeah, and I'm like, I just like, what's the fucking point? Did, like, why don't we just like actually watch this? Like, people are doing this shit on TikTok now, where they're basically like torturing themselves, where they are like stun grenading themselves for likes and for for glizzies and things like that. So why am I gonna go watch the movie, which is fake? Where can I get the pure shit online? And I don't need to go to some sketchy website to get it. That right there would actually be a great premise for an actual saw it should really be like they just go and get these viral people and then they actually do those things to them actually murder them oh i mean i'm not saying actually murder them but like you know maybe just like make them choke on a couple thousand glizzies whatever i'm not mad at that idea actually (laughs) well folks we're gonna get into it now if you haven't followed the show before we're gonna Hope you are following it now and you're not completely weirded out by us. But we want to get into, you know, wanted to start the show off with like an around the league of what's going on in NFL week two. Um, Really wanted to get into some of the issues that were happening with some of the other teams out there who are surprises, who are the concerning teams. But I think we have to start with the Chicago Bears and what the fuck is happening with that team? Their defensive coordinator resigned. He was either arrested by the FBI or he wasn't. Um, There was like a rumor going on around that the FBI raided Hallis Hall and Charles Tillman, former Chicago Bear, was an FBI agent and did the raiding. That's not true, at least according (laughs) to the Internet. Um, But, I mean, talk about a team that's in complete fucking pandemonium right now. There is nothing good to say about what they're doing on the field. Um, 
And off the field, there seems to be some issues. Gatto, did you watch any of the highlights from the Bears game? Uh, you don't need to watch them because, like, every morning at, like, 8 o'clock, ESPN does a thing like uh, the Bears are in trouble. The Bears should be panicking. It's – yeah. Um, and, and it's kind of – they're just, like, showing you all of those clips anyhow. And, like, one day they're they're talking about, you know, just how – everything is failing from receivers running routes to um, how Justin Fields is, you know, performing, which I mean, he looks like if, if everyone else, bad. Playing, if everyone else is playing Madden 23, he looks like a character from like Madden 98. Like he's yeah. glitching and like stuttering. And then like, it's just, he's a mess. And I don't know what fixes that at this point. I don't know either. And um, I've plugged this before, but JT O'Sullivan's quarterback school on YouTube is a really, really good breakdown of like what everything that's gone wrong with that team. Like the offensive line communication is shit. Um, wide receivers are running wrong routes. I, I'm sure there's somebody out there that likes Cole Komet, but he's like, he just doesn't have like good awareness yep. like bad blocking like bad Can't route running <laughs> um and i don't know man like i know that we talked about this last week that the quarterbacks coach from the or quarterbacks coach from the green bay packers luke Getze, is now the um he's now the offensive coordinator for the bears but i will say though Aaron Rodgers made a lot of people look good for a very long period of time. And this might be one of the guys who he made look good because you don't really need to coach a guy like Aaron Rodgers. He kind of takes care of that for you. A lot of their issues are like scheme. A lot of their issues are formation and like philosophy behind shit. You got offensive linemen that are running too slow for screens, or you have players that are running past the linemen. Just like there's no awareness for this team at all. And there, there's sometimes there's a tough like balancing act of like who is it right is it is it the quarterback is it the coordinator is it both of them good example is Levante David um, a linebacker for the Tampa Bay Bucks actually said the other day and actually somebody dig, dug up the they recorded video it. Of it yeah dug up the video of it they ran the same halfback screen play call three times in a row and the third one because Tampa obviously picked up on it was a pick six. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you, if the same formation over and over again, and there's only so many options out of that formation, you're probably not making too many adjustments at that point, And you're going to kind of know what, what the, what the play is going to be pretty fast. Cause that's like, that's why you get paid the top dollars, right? If you're on that defense. But I think, I don't know if I, I can say it's just the Bears because it's been sloppy two weeks in total. Like this past week has just been a ton of upsets o across the board. Um, I think they're the exceptional case and they're just a total shit show. I do want to say, though, that I think what we've turned the offseason into, right, preseason games are really now just player auditions to make the roster. And the real preseason is the first three games of the year, which is a waste, but that's what it feels like it's become at this point. And teams are just not prepared going into the season. They're not 
polished and refined. Very few teams, at least, you know. And I, I don't, I don't think it's indicative of where teams end up at the end of the year. But everyone ends up with like a middling record because of it, right? And and I I agree with you, Gatto. I think there are teams that are like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not a big deal. It's week one. All right. Well, now you're down 0-2 in the standings and the record of teams or the historical record of teams that are able to get to the playoffs that are 0-2 and be successful is a very small list. The -hmm. Patriots are on there from 2001, but that's like one of very, very few. Giants being another one. But, I mean, you look at teams, and I guess we can go to kind of like the panic button at this point, but like what is going on with teams like the Patriots, the Chargers? Like they all look terrible um the chargers i shared a stat with you guys uh from uh dante cop uh on twitter 2023 chargers are the first team in nfl history to start zero and two despite scoring 50 plus points and having no giveaways yeah man that's so i'm like tapping the panic button with them i'm not pressing it i'm like kind of just grazing it because it's really weird Herbert's been playing great. He's, I think, QB4 right now in fantasy. So it's not like Herbert's not showing up. Um, it is very much a a real problem with the coaching there, and the defense has just been awful. And, again, they hired a defensive coordinator to be your head coach. You're like, I expect the defense to be good, especially with the talent that they have there with Bosa. Um, but I, I'm just – again, especially also because that division, Denver 0-2 uh, – terrible has looked okay so far the raiders are trash and the chiefs are like not really the chiefs this year like they haven't mm-hmm. really been as good as they've usually been so it's like a golden opportunity for them it really sucks i mean a part of this is i think we also get that um everyone's doing their prediction game because of fantasy and it's not even close to reality yeah. right and i think there's friendly reports that go out that are misleading about what's going on in practices right star players are not practicing that hard because they already know the system and it's about injury prevention um wish dallas got that memo yeah trayvon diggs out for the season that i'm hitting the panic button on that i'm hitting the panic button on that because that's the thing listen that's the thing right there that if next week they lose they're in their own heads i'm calling it Tyler Biotish, uh, their center, also going for an MRI. Uh, he was hurt in practice, too, today. What so, the fuck kind is of what he doing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Speaking of fucking spooky season, something spooky going on in fucking Dallas. I don't uh, know. So, Trevon Diggs is a huge loss. I don't know if it matters, though. Their, their offense is just too good. And the defense as a unit, they're such a good collective unit that I just – I think they'll be able to overcome this, but it, it is going to come down to – As um, long as Micah Parsons is healthy, right? Parsons is is I hate to say this because you know he is a Dallas Cowboy. Just say it. Just he is arguably the best player in the NFL right now. Pure yes. pure talent wise, like I I don't think there's a better player in the NFL. Than I mean, they're talking players. lining him up at at tight end too, which you already <laughs> lost one defensive player. I don't know if you want to lose a second one from some dumb shit. But I mean, like I and like listen, I don't throw this around often. I've not seen many guys impact the game like since Lawrence Taylor and like he is re- he resembles a lot of that. Like mm-hmm. just unblockable you scheme for him it doesn't fucking matter like he's going to destroy I, you. I will say though when you're playing 
New York teams, there's a good chance you show up and they'll make you look like a star. Yeah, so. but from week to week, though, he's always he's he's always consistently. There. No, don't yeah. get me wrong. He's an amazing talent. Um, yeah, I wish he was on my Jets. team, right? I mean, you know, yeah. But like, there's also the spotlight effect of the fact that his performance is on top of the terrible play that's coming from he Zach did. Wilson and the Giants as a collective. I would have he, said. He did disappear week. for a little bit last year, so it will. It, he I, if he gives, I think he needs to have a super consistent season this year, um, to kind of seal it. But yeah, but uh, Tom, I want to get your thoughts on the Bengals because this is the this is arguably my biggest panic team so far because I don't understand what's going on with them. I really don't because. They came in with such heavy expectations, right? So yeah. you've got over Tom, feel free to chime in here. And they, they didn't get whooped by the by the Ravens, right? Like they lost 27-24. So it's not like they got whooped or anything. But you're talking about now two division games to start, right? We talked about 0-2 historically. It's already tough to, to overcome that. You're now 0-2 and 0-2 in the division. So now you're really behind the eight ball, and now Joe Burrow is questionable for this week with the with the the reaggravated injury. Jamar Chase not really showing up. Thoughts, concerns. So, I mean, today right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they they put up 24 points against the Ravens. And any other day, I think we could argue like this is a classic AFC North fight, and. The, the Ravens were the ones they were just able to pull it out. But, like, you dig deeper into some of the numbers. Like, Burrow, 27 for 41, 222 passing yards and a pick. QB 32 um, in fantasy right now. That's not really the numbers you want to see. I would argue, like, week one really has put him back. Like, yeah, I, I, w- I would imagine it's probably, like, him – and then Zach Wilson QB thirty two right now. You know who guy? Oh, quick, quick, quick! Just quick segue. Anybody know who QB one right now is in fantasy through two weeks? Uh, I Sam Howell. Tua. No, no. Tom, you like Kirk Cousins? You like you like that? Yeah, Kirk <laughs> Cousins. So what a mini segue there. I just wanted to point that out. Well, um, that's another one that we might want to hit the panic button too for a similar vein. But like, here's yeah. the thing: is like. I'm of two minds of this, and you guys can parse this out. Like, they've lost two division games, but the Browns and the Steelers both do not look good. No. So that division is just going to be Bengals-Ravens for the entire year. And if the Bengals figure it out, they can probably get into the wild card because it doesn't seem like anybody's really separating at this point. I know we're only two weeks in, but you can start to see the teams that are for real and the ones that are not. I will say though they have the Rams this week, and I don't love that matchup for them on Monday night with the Rams because they again Ooh. a team that has kind of taken me by surprise is, is the Los Angeles Rams. The team's so still Bowl with Aaron Donald, by the way. Yeah. I so I think the X factor there though is one hundred percent coaching. Zach Taylor is not the coach I want for my mm-hmm. team. I could tell you that much. No. There was a moment I, I, I was watching the the Browns the Browns Bengals game. There was a moment where uh, Mixon – now, I don't know. Maybe Mixon's hurt or something, or maybe he's, like, not 100%, but it just didn't seem like it. 
for whatever reason, they went an entire series running the ball and effective, in my opinion, you know, making gains, getting down the field. Um, and then the next set of downs, they refused to run the ball once. And in a, in a game where it's pouring rain, it's wet, your quarterback doesn't have good grip on the ball, he's already got a nagging injury, why are you going to do that to him? Why are you making that play call? And it's and and I don't know if maybe there is another part of this that, you know, Burrow is actually the one that's making that call on the field. I don't know if that's the case, but to me, it seems like Zach Taylor is always the guy who's trying to fuck up the Bengals and the Bengals do well in spite of him making bad calls all the time. I, I I literally said, Gatto, like the worst thing that happened to them was making the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now their expectations are all over the place. Well, it's also because they, now they're stuck with Zach Taylor. Like they could have, like if they had one more bad year, maybe they would have hired like Brian Dable or something. Like imagine Brian Dable with Jay Marchese and fucking Joe Burrow. Um, like, or like, or anybody other than like, even Kellen Moore, I think would do a better job than fucking Zach Taylor at this point. So like, I, I, I think it kind of screwed them that they made the Super Bowl loss. And then now they're stuck with this coach. And I, I don't know. I, 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 will... I have a hot take. I have a hot take. Shoot it. This is a lost season for the Bengals. Even right now, like you have a quarterback that's had an injury in the preseason. He's injured again. You're 0-2 right now, and you've lost two division games. My concern is the injuries that Burrow has sustained are not ones that go away if you just, like, rub some dirt on it or, like, stay off it for a week. Like, this will persist throughout the remainder of the season, and there's nothing you want less than a quarterback, the highest-paid quarterback in the league, mind you, with a knee issue – um, or a lower half, lower body injury that is one that's just going to keep nagging at him for the entire year. Like it's going to affect his throws. It's going to affect his like ability to run. It's going to impact a lot of aspects of their offense. And I think, I think this is going to be a lost season for them. And this will be an opportunity for them to fire Zach Taylor. Yeah. And I, you know, we talked about the AC North as a whole that I think the Steelers offense looks atrocious. But their defense looks great. Their defense does look good. I mean, TJ Watt up there, top mm-hmm. five defensive player in this league. Um, the Browns, I want to get to Deshaun Watson in a little bit mm-hmm. um, because I'm going to love talking Hugh, about is, is he Watson. rubbing you the wrong way? He, <laughs> maybe he maybe he, maybe that was the secret. Maybe the secret was him getting massages because he looks fucking awful. He's still getting massages. They're just yeah. paying <laughs> the Ravens. I, I don't think anybody's gonna stop the Ravens. Like I mean honestly the Ravens haven't even been that good. But they're two and oh in the conference right now. They're one and oh in the division. I I just honestly like who's gonna stop the Ravens at this point? Um, especially because I think they kind of struggled week one and kind of just got through the game. Um, and I think this team gets better. This team will start to to really figure it out like week five and six because Todd Munkin's offense is a little complicated. Also Takes point out, Anthony Richardson has not practiced the last two weeks, the last two days, and and might not he play. Ain't playing. Yeah. He ain't playing. So a, a game against the Colts at home 
another conference game that they could end up banking. So yeah. it's, it's, I, it's a potential big week for them. I will say because of the last few years, they've had to deal with a lot of adversity, right? With injuries and just bad breaks and bad luck. Still and happening. I think, and, and yeah, sure. Like Dobbins again. I mean, Tyler that guy. Bomb. Like, but I think because they've had to triage so many issues already, yeah. they kind kind of know what they got to do. So yeah. they're going to have a lot more composure because they're used to dealing with these problems. And uh, that will actually be a weird X factor for them along the season. Lamar a lot Jackson, of stability with this team, too. Lamar Jackson, QB 20 through first two weeks. I expect that to jump up big like odell beckham's gonna he's gonna gonna go big like yeah he's gonna he's gonna pass that he hasn't thrown a lot either too like he's been they've been both of these games that they've had have been kind of like managing games because like look at his um qb completion percentage it's like 74 percent. and also in the red zone they've been running the ball almost every single time so uh which to to great success so uh, at the same time like i guess if it's not broke you don't fix it but um Deshaun Watson. Uh, oh, wait, Deshaun... wait, hold on, hold on. Should we address that grisly injury to Nick Chubb? I really don't want to talk about it because – Rest in I, pieces, Nick Chubb. I, to his I love Nick Chubb. Jesus. I love, I love Nick Chubb. And uh, it, it's really sad. I mean, like I had him in a keeper league and that kind of ruined my team there. But like more importantly, obviously, he's – He's just he just seems like a good dude and like enjoyable to watch and it just like I was that a dirty hit on on Nick Chubb? I don't. So this is one of the things that I think defenses now do is they do this like it's it's kind of like blocking your progress and so what a defender does is he comes in and he dives at like a point of impact and kind of rolls down onto his shoulder. To mm-hmm. stop your stop you from falling forward and getting those extra couple of inches. Yeah. And I think in this situation, it was just a really bad angle and he was he was still way too high. And I don't yeah. think it was meant to be dirty, but like that is the risk. That I is the risk that you run into. Yeah. Yeah, Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick, I didn't I never think of him as a dirty player. So like it was surprising to me to see him hit him so low. Yeah, I don't know if it was a dirty play, but like, was it a good play to make? I don't know. Like, it obviously, wasn't. obviously, these guys, um, any kind of injury can take you out, right? Whether it's offensive, defense. But the thing that bothers me is like, would you want that same thing to happen to you? Yeah. And I think if they're going to call like chop blocks on offensive line and things like that, you have to start calling stuff like this too. Because 110%. We've seen more offensive linemen take out guys' knees um, doing stuff like that than we have situations like this. These are, these ones are, I would say, kind of rare where there's like a catastrophic injury like this. But, and I'm not saying that they need to like continue to regulate the NFL, but like, I think from a player perspective, you have to understand that you've now ended this guy's season with maybe career, probably maybe career. I mean, that's the same knee that the same one blew out in at Georgia too. Yeah. I, after seeing that, like, um, like he'll probably walk again, but like, will he walk well? That's how bad it was. I that, don't know, man. That it's injury was so bad. It was bad. It's going to take at least a year for him to get, like, back on it. 
for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm rooting for him because Nick Chubb, definitely one of the one of the good guys in the NFL that you know I love to root for. And I was a guy that I was hoping was going to be a giant. That was the year they took Saquon Barkley. I was hoping they take somebody else early and then get Nick Chubb in round two. So I, I one of my favorite players that's not on the Giants for sure was uh, Nick Chubb. And just sad to see because like you knew the second you saw him on the ground you're like ripping the helmet off and you're like oh, this is not going to be good so sucks to see man um all right so one of the shitty guys in the nfl um deshaun watson <laughs> I, so i want to i want to kind of get your thoughts but i want to kind of set the groundwork here we now have he's obviously got the richest contract in the nfl fully guaranteed probably never going to happen again we now have a full half season sample size Eight games, six games last year, two games this year. Um, currently, right now, his completion percentage comparably for those eight games is 56%, which would be a career low. Um, he's at roughly about 1,500 passing yards, five points, about, I would say about six yards per attempt, which is a huge career low. And between those two seasons, he's at nine touchdowns, seven interceptions, and his QBR is at a combined 35. He Remind looks me bad. how many years he was out? Is it two? So 2020, he played full season, 16 games. He didn't play 2021 with the Houston Texans. 2022, he was suspended for most of the year, came back in the last six games. So he missed a full season in 2021 and half a season in 2022. Right. And I'm here to say that I don't think 2020 Deshaun Watson's ever walking through that door again. Mm-mm. I think he's just chronically was overrated and then he got he got weirdly fortunate with the fact that like all the other shit happened that that took him off the field so people were like he's got talent but they didn't realize that that was in limited supply and we saw all of it up front he could prove me wrong but i doubt it (laughs) also this is this is the first time without bill o'brien and like i'm looking mac jones i mean you know, not having the best season ever, but comparably on a Mac Jones scale, it's a pretty good year. He's got weapons yeah. in comparison to where he's been. So, he so should I, I would argue that Bill better. O'Brien might be a good cause of why Deshaun Watson maybe elevated his game. You know, I have a thought on this, but I want to preface what I say first and that I think Deshaun is cooked. I think okay. he's done. Okay. Um, Kevin Stefanski is the head coach in Cleveland. This yes. is now the second quarterback that did not work in his offense. Um, Second high profile guy that has not worked in his offense. And justice for Baker Mayfield. How much criticism do you give? Yeah. He's, he's having the time of his fucking life in Tampa. Like what bold prediction going on? You know what it is? You know what it is? It's the early bird special. You can go to Denny's and eat, dinner at 3 30 when you start doing it it's hard to break that and you it's know, all you that golden corral you're right i just want to point out a golden from q baker mayfield bounce back a year I called it yeah i mean you you got that one in spades right there but like how much criticism would you put on to stefanski because if you're the head coach you kind of need to make this guy work because it's not like you can just like toss him aside or draft somebody like you gave up money. You gave up picks like I would also point out that they gave up like the the good feelings, the good vibes around the Browns. 
Browns. Like right. the Browns were always one of those teams that people were always kind of rooting to, fi- to figure it out. And now you not only dump Baker Mayfield and make him like make him the pariah of what was wrong with this team when there were so many other issues. Um, and then you go out and you you trade for Deshaun Watson, you give up tons of assets for a guy who was under investigation. And like, I mean, like, I know no charges were ever filed, but like there was something fishy going on. I don't care if he was not guilty of a crime. He, there was something really, really rotten going on. Um, so again, it may, it may be an ethical thing, but like you gave up all that and then you give him the richest contract, a fully guaranteed contract, which by the way, no one else is going to get. Yeah. No one else is Lamar Jackson didn't get it. Joe Burrow didn't get it. Pat Mahomes isn't getting it. Um, none of these guys are getting it. So you really gave up everything for a guy that really didn't deserve any second chance. And now, honestly, I think you're kind of getting what you deserve here. But I, I would team. agree. It's it's the worst managed team in maybe even in sports. I mean, I can't. Stefanski, <laughs> I, I, I like Stefanski from a schematic standpoint. Like, I think he did a great job when he was with Pat Shermer in uh, in, in Minnesota. Um, and I, th- I think he is good with a certain guy. I, don't, I wonder how much Stefanski wanted Deshaun Watson. I don't because, think he did. I think because, which comes yeah. to shove. Like, I think he would have stayed with Baker Mayfield and probably got Jacoby Brissett um, as like a backup as an alternative. Jacoby Brissett was better last he year. He was much better. And <laughs> you see, that's the thing. Like, just because like you you bring this guy in does not necessarily mean he's going to be any good. But I would say, though, if you're Stefanski, like whether you brought him in or not or whether you wanted him to be there or not, like you need that guy to perform because if they don't do it this year, he's probably gone because he's got three years there and they've been ass, all three of them. I think you can argue that if it wasn't for his contract, he would have been benched already. A hundred percent. And, and frankly, you know what they should have done? They should have said, like, you know what we need to do? You know, he's been reinstated in the NFL last year. That's fantastic. We're going to sit him for the remainder of last year. Like, the year, the games that he was eligible to come back, they should have just said, like, this is your opportunity to get back in game shape, study film, be on the sideline. But to throw him back in and be like, yeah, he's ready to go, and that team just completely implode. Like He looks awful. Some of these throws are just complete ducks. But I want to point out this week, Tennessee, the number one rush defense uh, this year and last year, <laughs> no Nick Chubb. This is – and also one of the they worst – They Green Hunt, though. Great. It's not 2018 anymore. Yeah, um, you know. Jerome Ford, RB1 the rest of the way. I would not start him this week, though. But, like, going forward, Jerome Ford, he's the guy you want in fantasy for sure. But what I want to point out, though, is that Tennessee's pass defense is fucking terrible. So this is if there's ever a week that Deshaun Watson has an opportunity to just fucking air it out and, like, show everybody I'm back, like 300-plus yards, two touchdowns, no picks, you know, like clean game, this is the week. Um, and I don't know. I don't I don't think I don't think he's got it in him. There there's this part of me that thinks that the Browns like front office took out like a giant insurance policy on yeah. on Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah. And uh they're just like hoping that like they end up getting paid out on that. <laughs> so they're just gonna leave him in until he gets injured again because I feel like that's 
probably we're we're probably three weeks away from that happening. And um, the other hot take I have is Jacoby Brissett should go to the Jets. I don't. Yeah, know. I don't just need to, you just need to convince the Commanders to trade him. Like that's all it is. I I I think that honestly fixes the Jets' problems. Um, it's wild to me how disrespected Jacoby Brissett has been in this league. Like I find him to be a very, a very decent quarterback. I mean, he had a nice run when he was in New England. Then he went to the Colts and he played for a full year. I'd take him they, over Geno Smith. I'd take him over Mac Jones. I don't know about <laughs> over Geno Smith, but I, I, I think that there are guys that are starting in the NFL that shouldn't. And there are guys that are not starting in the NFL that should be. And Jimmy Jacoby Jim. Brissett <laughs> is a guy that should be starting over Jimmy G, probably Tannehill. Um, probably over Josh Dobbs. I would definitely start him over Tannehill. Well, I mean, like Arizona clearly, we'll get to the Giants in Arizona game eventually, but like Arizona clearly made the call and they were like, it's tank season, baby. Caleb Williams season. (laughs) It's fucking Jover. (laughs) It's Jover, baby. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're fucking terrible, man. Like the Cardinals are just bad. Well, I mean, Josh Dobbs looks like Pat Mahomes in that first quarter, so I don't know. They're intentionally being they're intentionally bad, but they are playing folks hard, which yeah. is really weird because like you could have won both of these games and you would have definitely not gotten Caleb Williams. But let's go to a team that's actually playing good and still 0-2, the Vikings. And this is like the first time in Kirk Cousins' Vikings career where that team is not good and it's not his fault. I, but here's the funny thing is last year they were really good, but they won what 10 or was they it? They won a lot of games the, in the second half. Yeah. Well, they, they not only that, but by, by like six points or less. Yeah. And uh, I think that it's one thing to be good enough to stay in a game and be competitive in the NFL. It's another thing to be just lucky. And I think they were the recipients of a lot of luck. And that lent credit to that team's success. And this year, they're not so lucky. And that's really what it's coming down to. Like, what what was their X factor? Like, they've only gained, right? What have they lost? Yeah. It's an interesting scenario for them because, like, not much has just... Is it Leslie? Or no, Leslie Frazier's with the Bills, but... there's just not much that has changed with Brian Flores is, is the defense coordinator now. That's right. Um, not much has changed for that team, and they they've definitely scored points, and it's just all of the other parts are just not working. And I, I, there is a thread here that I'd like to pull on. There's a couple of these guys that we have mentioned from the Sean McVay coaching tree that are not good. Um, Zach Taylor, um, Kevin Stefanski, um, and the guy from, is it Ken O'Connell? Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell. All those guys are Sean McVay dudes. All of them are pretty mid. I'm sure they're great coordinators and offensive coaches, but their teams are just slightly disappointing right now. Is there just too much stock put into coaching trees? Like, I think 
some people are starting to cool on Belichick and realize like he was a larger just just a side piece of Tom Brady's just absolute reign as as quarterback. Like are we seeing that like are we finally at that point we're seeing that also with um I think it was a I think they were Rodgers and I, I don't know. I, I think I think Belichick Belichick is a smart fucking guy and he like he understands how to get best advantages. I don't know if you saw that running start that someone got on special teams anticipating the snap count and blocked the field mm-hmm. goal. Total fucking Belichick thing. Like he's he's a, he's a mad genius when it comes to this shit, but like clearly without an I think it's proving that no one can fucking win without an elite quarterback. Like it, it is very much, but I it would Tom that's Brady just how they're thinking the game is meant to be played, I guess. Yeah, would Tom Brady have won as much if he didn't have Belichick? I think that also is a, qu- a good question. So, um, Kirk Cousins so far, <laughs> I mean, on a tear, he's at a 72.7 completion percentage, six touchdowns in two games, only one pick. Um, QB, his QBR is a 70.8. But I will point out, he did go against Philly, and Mac Jones just lit up Philly. By the way, start Baker Mayfield this week. If you have Baker Mayfield and your quarterback situation is kind of murky, start Baker Mayfield. Going against Philly this week, he's throwing three tutties at least. Um, Start Mike Evans. Mike Evans is going to go off this week again. Mike Evans has been on a fucking historic fucking tear so far. Um, But it also went against Tampa, and their pass defense is kind of fucking mid too. So – and again, this week, Kirk Cousins, another startable week because he's going against the Chargers. Um, Chargers pass defense is fucking ass. So I, I do wonder how much of this is like just good matchups for Kirk Cousins and how much of it has been that he's just having, you know, because he goes against Carolina week four and their pass defense is pretty good. So that'll be a good test for him. But um, the Vikings, I'm not as worried about the Vikings. I know everyone's like, freaking out about the vikings but like the packers I, I i'm not a full believer yet in what they're doing um the lions kind of got exposed last week by seattle you know the bears are fucking awful so i i'm not really sure that i'm ready to write the vikings off yet I, they again they're they're usually a slow starting team anyway so i i i don't know i'm not ready to write them off yet yeah i mean Jordan Love and the Packers are seeing success right now, and I think a big part of that is lack of tape, right? Like, and that's that always is the advantage of a rookie, right? Yeah. Like, um, and and that actually might be why you see these like glints of gold with uh with Minnesota because a large lion's share of the big plays are going to Addison right now, right? And Jefferson, not Addison. No, no, they're uh, they're going to Jordan Jordan Addison. Addison. Yeah, one of one of five players. Yeah, okay. One of five players with fifty points. Yeah, he's doing terrific. And I think touchdown two weeks. So it's the rookie bump. I will point out with Jordan Love, week one Chicago, week two Atlanta, pretty cupcake. Got New Orleans this week, so this is a good test for the Packers and good test for Jordan Love. Um, to see if they if he can go up and and beat up on New Orleans. If he does that, then I will feel more secure that the Packers are are back. Otherwise, I don't know. There's still a part of me though that thinks that the Saints are a bit bit of frauds. I I just feel like 
until they can like stop using like Taysom Hill as this like I don't know wild card. The weird obsession with Taysom Hill has to end. It It needs to. to. It it just I don't like. There's no strategy here. We know what what's going to happen when he's in. Like it's not. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. He's got to get the ball somehow. Um, I will say what's working for the Saints, though, is that they play in a shit division, so they can yeah. get away with a lot. So sure. you, you're playing Atlanta, games. which Atlanta's a pushover. You get to play um, Carolina, too, which Bryce Young is hurt. And the Bryce Buccaneers are, are probably the best team within that division because they have the most pieces and the most competent quarterback. So they can probably get away with some things, but – they're probably not as good as what their record is going to be just because they get to beat the shit out of a couple of teams that are just bad. Now, that being said, speaking of bad teams, let's move on to the Giants. (laughs) Gentlemen, your BetterHelp promo codes are now available. Please enjoy 60 minutes of uninterrupted therapy session, but I'm going to cap you at like 15 (laughs) Yeah, that promo code, by the way, is giant fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Big blue forever. So, God, I don't know how you feel, and I'll let you kind of start us off. I'm I'm very, in my feelings, mixed about the other week because <laughs> it was the biggest comeback in the Super Bowl <clears throat> era. Uh, the only time they've had a bigger comeback was 1969 against the Chicago Cardinals. Believe it or not, it was the Cardinals as well. Mm-hmm. Um. But they were down 20 to nothing at the half to a team that has been kind of screaming from the rooftop like, hey, we really want the number one pick next year um, and we don't want to win. We have Josh Dobbs who literally walked in the building and didn't really know anybody he was playing with and is, you know, looking like Patrick Mahomes against you. So how do you how, what is your overall consensus from last weekend's game? Um. I, it's hard to like actually buy into that victory. It was it was nice. It was comforting to see that they actually had some sort of athleticism in them and they could actually do things on a field and didn't just look like a high school football team. Um I don't know what changed um early in that third period uh third quarter. Um but I think I'm starting to suspect that that offense has um, it's like an old fucking jalopy, right? It has to like you have to turn it over a couple times to get it going, mm-hmm. and then you gotta like let the engine run a little bit to get it warmed up before you can actually take off with it. And I think one of the scary things I'm seeing with Daniel Jones is that before he can get it going with his arm. He has to get it going with his feet. And when he start, when he's able to make plays scrambling around, either he builds confidence or he gets his adrenaline up or some combination of those where he becomes confident enough to make the right throws and he's in the game. He needs, he seems to be riding on that level of energy and um, pulse. And if they're cold, he can't get it going for that team. And, and, to that point, I think the rest of that team gets it going when they see that he's fired up. And that was 
and that was um one of the things that yeah i like i think that he is the issue in that in that sense mario like he doesn't he can't be the the end all into why this team's doing like doing good or bad like there's other pieces there that are meant to make his life easier and um it shouldn't be that way but it unfortunately seems to be his issue is that he's not the spark plug of that team but you need your quarterback to be the spark plug and i don't know whether it's a confidence thing or just a skill issue who knows but it just seems like I think the jalopy example, Gatto, is a great example. Like, it takes a long time for that car battery to warm up, baby. Too, Once it's warm, it goes. But, you know, I, I think especially I'm, for a team like the Giants, you need to start hot because there's some holes in that team that you need to cover with a good offense. And you need to get out early and make the team chase you. So then you can use that defensive line to – chase their other the other team's quarterback around it is so weird to me because dan orvlosky posted a video on twitter of uh there was a play right before the half where uh jalen hyatt was wide open right and they targeted darren war on like kind of a crosser and literally the first play out of the half um out, out of the second half was the same play but they hit hyatt on that 50 yard like catch mm -hmm. so clearly the coaching is really good that they can like identify like oh there's that safety is going to bite on waller and he, you're going to be open and of course literally it happened so like it seems like the adjustments are always good but it seems like the the like scripted plays that they kind of have like that's what typically teams will do is like the first two drives are just scripted plays and then like they'll make their adjustments their adjustments are great their fucking game plan sucks and it seems like they always come out very flat. And then usually by the second half, they kind of figure it out. But I'm like, what is wrong with this team that they can't come out and provide a strong first half? So to, yeah, that is very, that's an extremely good point. But I think that is actually why there is a huge contrast in gameplay from week one to week two for the Giants. Because in week one, the Giants couldn't even make, like have a play happen. The play was getting blown up before they can make a play or see if it would work or see if it was effective because they were just such a shit show that you can't even glean wisdom off of that film, right, from the first half. It's it's now, throwaway tape. You just it, threw away you throw away that tape. It, yeah, just, it was just mush. Yeah. It's I, I don't I don't think Jones is the issue, um, honestly. Like I'm gonna slightly disagree with you there because like I don't think he's the solution, but I don't think he's the issue. I think the issue has been all along that we have a offensive line that was already kind of mid and now Andrew Thomas is hurt. And now Evan Neal has not like, has not taken over as, as the guy that like I was hoping he was going to be. And I'm not willing to just completely write him off. He's in year two. He's only literally two games into the season. He was hurt most of the year last year, but like he just, the same things that concern me at Alabama concern me now is that he's very top heavy and his balance issues are not correct; don't look correctable to me. So, like when you're big and strong, but you don't have any balance, you can easily be thrown off your game, right? Um, and like, I, it's not just the Giants' O line; it's the O lines around the league have been bad. And like the splits with with Saquon Barkley, without Saquon Barkley, are bad. 
but I also don't want to rely on Saquon Barkley because he gets hurt a lot. So it's like, you can't really rely on him. I think the reality of this is I, I want to talk about the defense. Cause I think the defense has been far more concerning. And by the way, when Hyatt was on the field, um, mostly during the second half, the splits with that were way better. So seems like having that seam stretcher guy like uh, Hyatt is going to be really important. And I expect to see a big dose of Hyatt tonight. I actually am betting an anytime touchdown from Hyatt today. I think he scores today. I think he gets his first NFL touchdown today. Um, but just to kind of put a button on this, the defense is what's really concerning me. Zero sacks, zero turnovers through the first two games. And Kayvon Thibodeau, everyone's been talking about Kayvon Thibodeau and how, oh, he's a bust, he's a bust. Three, 30, 30, about 30, about a third of the time on pass sets last week, he was dropped into coverage. I don't know Why? what Wink Martin. I don't know. I don't know what Wink Martindale is thinking. And again, Wink Martindale, Ravens coordinator for a bunch of years before this. He was, again, the numbers always look like he ends up becoming like a top five defense. And, but it doesn't highlight pass rushers. It's more of a, like a defensive back leg type of defense. Um, and I would say that the rookie corners look good, but stop dropping Kayvon Thibodeau into coverage and let <laughs> him rush the passer throw him and especially tonight san francisco tonight you're gonna need as much turnovers as you can get um i would say you gotta let Kayvon thibodeau rush the passer we can't have him playing fucking in coverage it's just ridiculous especially with ojalari out it just makes no sense to me i mean i think a part of it is that we're constantly addressing this like lack of you know um support in the middle and you know secondary just yeah seems to want to play flag football and yeah it just it's kind of wild like uh he's probably the most athletic guy on that line and that stunt looks good because it confuses offenses a little bit but once they figure out oh the pressure is actually off um then they can kind of cruise a little bit better and it turns into a to an advantage for them instead of a weakness right like yeah because you know he he's 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 might be the most athletic guy to be making coverage or doing being on a coverage, but the fact is he's mediocre at best at that, right? So you're taking the strength away from yourself. It just you're right, Q. That's it's absurd. I I'm a little disappointed in in general with that defense. It's not it it, it doesn't even have like the bend don't break. It's just kind of broken and it just lets everything happen. All the time. I'm, I'm wondering though, and I want to get your guys' opinion of this because you've watched both these games closer than I have, but is the reason why Martindale is being so timid with that front line because you're starting two rookie cornerbacks and he wants to make sure that I want to give these guys as much like of a, a cushion as possible. So the more bodies <clears throat> we get in front of receivers and ends and running backs that are out running routes at least there'll be some other people around there too. At the end of the day though, like starting two rookie cornerbacks in the NFL is always a, is always a decision, right? Like it's always a, it's a bold move. And I'm wondering like, because guys like Leonard Williams and um, Kayvon Thibodeau, those are guys that like made their money being pass rushers. So when you're pushing them to say like, Hey, I need you guys to like, cover some shit for me gives me a little bit of a concern that the defensive backfield is not where they want it to be. And they're trying to 
overcompensate. Yeah, they're trying to move parts to protect the other pieces of the team. Which, okay, but there's other ways of doing that, right? Slow down the receivers to give your your secondary a little bit of a chance, right? Yeah. Jam them up on the line, you know, break up those routes, maybe confuse them a little bit. I mean, it's just, there's other things I think you can do. Or go full blitz. <laughs> I agree with you. Go like, full blitz, man. I, go the other direction. Yeah, I mean, I am not a I'm not a professional coach at all. But if I were to be a defensive coordinator, the mistakes that my team would make would be mistakes based off of being aggressive. Like if you're going to make mistakes, make mistakes trying shit, like trying to make a play rather than just like dumping everybody in in like like quarters coverage and be like, well, I hope this works. I hope we're able to jump some routes. Like no, man, the best way you can do it is catch an offensive tackle or a guard napping and crash the zone and get in there and, and grab the fucking ball. Like you, you got to wake up aggressive, man. You got first thing in the morning, you got to get up, crack six ostrich eggs, drink those down. You know, that's how you got to start the fucking day. Be and also aggressive. And also too, I would say again, not as a giants fan, but like whenever the giants were good it wasn't because the offense carried them. It was because the defense was fucking like monsters. Like they had, it's a defensive identity team. Let the defense eat. And hopefully some of that excitement and that Riz ends up with the offense and they can figure their shit out. Q. And they see me baby Gronk. Um, <laughs> he's the Riz King. I, <laughs> listen, I, I don't, I, I agree. Um, I, the only problem for me is that, when I try and think about this, um, the defense already had issues kind of walking into the season. Like we looked at the, the edge rushing, like uh, the defensive line looks good, right? Like Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams. I, he has not shown me anything so far, but then they signed Ashawn Robinson and, uh, and uh, uh, Nacho from Tampa Bay, like a lot of like really interesting run stuffers, but like the edge rushers behind Ojolari, who like missed a big portion of the season last year, and Thibodeau, who was a rookie, like I was like, who's a third edge rusher? You know, who's going to be that guy that steps in? And like, of course, Ojolari on fucking schedule, hamstring injury last week, popped up in the middle of the week. He missed last week. He's out tonight. Uh, and Jihad Ward coming in and like he's kind of just an edge setter. He's not really going to be a guy who really threatens you uh, sack wise. I, I don't know. And then like the linebacker position, I, they, you know, they got Isaiah Simmons. Great. But, like, he's not exactly a perfect player. They signed Bobby Okereke, but, like, they need that second linebacker in this, like, odd front 3-4 type defense. So the the defensive back group, like, encourages me. I think they played pretty decently overall, um, especially considering two rookie corners, one being a sixth rounder. But, like, the front seven is just a question mark. And I knew I knew it was going to be coming into the season, but I am really concerned tonight. Um, yeah, it's a big game. San Francisco on a short week. And again, Andrew Thomas out. Josh Zudu, who I think did a nice job at left tackle. He's a you know second-year guy. He was a guard at North Carolina. Um, his teammate at North Carolina, Marcus McKeithen, who was a fifth-round pick. I think he did pretty good at right guard. Evan Neal was probably the worst <laughs> last week out of the out of the five, which is really sad to hear. Um, he looked lost on a lot of plays, so it's it's just really sad. But you got Nick Bosa tonight. I just I I think Fred Warner at linebacker. I honestly 
I don't think this is going to go past the first oh, quarter. It's going to be ugly. I already chalked this up to a loss. <laughs> I, I'm taking San Francisco money line tonight. I'm taking Christian McCaffrey to score. Brock Purdy Take two plus score. touchdowns. Like I, I just think it's going to be bad. I, I that's really all I got to say because it's like I just don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be bad. But like I don't think it spells doom for the season. It's just again, San Francisco is just San Francisco. They're just a top end roster. Um, but I just don't think the Giants have it in them to beat them on the road. But you have to win one of these games, right? Like because the the schedule gets real, real tough all the way up until they play. I think the Jets. Seattle next week on Monday Night Football again, another primetime game. Daniel Jones one and eleven in primetime games. Uh, so it's back to back primetime games. Then one o'clock against Miami at home, and then I think it's Sunday night another primetime game against Buffalo in Buffalo. So. Three primetime games in the next four weeks. Again, Daniel Jones not great in primetime. Um, and all teams that are inherently very tough. Like, I don't care about Seattle being like Seattle, right? Like, they beat Detroit last week, and like, their offense is can be one of those offenses that goes off at any time. So, And Seattle beat them last, last year when the Giants were arguably a better team. So, um, I, never, I never count Pete Carroll out, but I also – don't necessarily fear him. And, I, I'm just I saying that, that Seattle team, they're they're like a roller coaster. They're up and down. Would it shock any of you if, let's say, so tonight San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. C- uh, Seattle next week, then Miami, and then Buffalo. It's four, next four games. Would it shock any of you if the Giants are one and five? I think the Giants beat Buffalo, and that's it. Beat Out Buffalo. of that, that's it. A table revenge game. Niners, Seahawks, Dolphins, Well, I think it's just Bills. that people still are highly stocked and pilled on the Bills, and I think we've kind of seen that that sun is starting to burn out. I would also add Q for you, Q. Um, after the Bills, mm-hmm. the Giants play the Commanders. Yeah. So... I'd also like Left to add up. them into the... I'd also like to add them into the conversation. Thank you so much. I will I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this, Tom, okay? And I'm not gonna I, I've I've told you how much I, I really like Sam Howell and I think I think he is legit. I've been a Sam Howell supporter since his last year at North Carolina. I was hoping the Giants would get him. I, I thought he was a first round pick. He ends up going around five. It was fucking stupid. Um, I think there I, I told you, like I've said this before on this podcast, I think there was an overcorrection when Baker Mayfield had that struggle year yep. because Sam Howell like looks like Baker Mayfield. Like he plays like him. He's got the same arm, which is a compliment, but like same build too, but he's just a little bit faster. I think how shorter really stocky faster. guy, short stocky, six foot one, two twenty type of guy, but it has like a really live arm. Howell's been great. I'm going to throw a little cold water on you though, because you beat the, the Cardinals week one, 20 to 16. Well, you almost Again, lost to the Cardinals. Almost lost to the Cardinals. <laughs> Same thing with the Giants. <laughs> Four-point win, three-point win, and then you had the Broncos. So Mr. Unlimited. So he's unlimited. I think it's important to separate the Broncos game from the first half to the second, because in the first half, things were just not connecting. And mm-hmm. Washington got burned on two deep touchdown passes. Um, 
Russell Wilson looked fantastic in the first half. Like he did. Is he did? Is he back? Are we he's riding again? Limited. And he's QB, I think as long QB as those subway commercials don't show right up now. again, we'll be all right. Yeah, as long as he's just not eating a chicken Caesar wrap. He, he stopped hugging the babies finally. Apparently, that was his problem. He was hugging too many babies or kissing too many babies. Nine times. Whatever. So nine said. times. Nine times. Shaking hands. Mr. Diplomat. Through two games. Trying to sell his nano bubbles. Yeah. Concussion proof um, water. So. Looking at that game from the mm-hmm. first half to the second half, there were mistakes that were made by Washington in the first half, but they also missed on a bunch of opportunities too. The second half is where I think this team has really shown up and shown out, particularly in the Cardinals game, but also in this one as well, where Chase Young, first game back, he was on a snap count. He ends up playing the whole game. His success rate against offensive linemen in that game is fifth best in the NFL. We are so back, baby. But Deron right. Payne and Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, and Chase Young were the ones that did so much fucking damage in that game, threw the Broncos off completely. And they really need those guys to rush the passer as much as possible. Jack Del Rio is a little too passive for me, but he's a little aggro on QAnon. So, I mean, he fits perfectly in my brain because I need to be tortured by some right-wing lunatic all the time. But the passes that Howell was making were fucking awesome. Like the thing that I have been most impressed with is like how fast the ball comes out of his hand. He holds it for a little too long, but when he throws it, it has fucking zip to it. And no, I, I said it, man. He, uh, he, he has a very live arm because, again, like a guy his size, you don't really um, you don't really like think he's going to have that like fucking howitzer. But I, I sent you that uh, that that pass. He yeah. threw it and also it looked like triple coverage, like tough, that one tough where throw. McLaurin went up and got it. Yeah, yeah. Tough, tough throw to make. And he he's he's got the he's got the juice to be able to fucking do that. Um, I'm going to throw a little cold water, though. I think that two and oh is two and oh, and that's fine. This is the good week, though. This is a good week to to prove it, right? Because you're home, you're going against the the Buffalo Bills. Um, this is a good test to be able to prove that you are legit. Um, James Cook missed practice today. I don't know what that was about, um, but I I'm, I'm I'm not sure if he's gonna play or not. But like that will make it a little bit easier for you guys. Buffalo's six and a half point favorites right now. I think it's a little high. It's I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it is, honestly, because the Bills again, lost to the Jets too. And they played they a team did, that, that they played a team that has basically taken eight hundred sleeping pills and called their ex boyfriend <laughs> in the Raiders. What so, the hell is going on with Chandler Jones and that's what is going on with that? I have no idea. That is like the most Las Vegas situation that has happened, and they've all done it to themselves. He's like but, he's talking about his like his niece and like Mark. I, I don't know what's going on, but he's he's either gone off the deep end or there's something crazy going on. This is like all the shit that happens like in an argument in another room at Thanksgiving. And you're like, I'm not going in there. <laughs> like, I know who's fighting in that room and I don't want to get involved in that. Yeah. But again, um, six, six and a half in the NFL is high, especially for a team that has done pretty well. 
Um, yeah, but you, you, I don't know, man, because like it just feels like if you can barely beat the Broncos and you can barely beat the Cardinals, it's it, it stands the reason that Buffalo should be able to beat you guys by a touchdown. So that's what I think. That's the marker for me. If you guys keep this game close or win it outright, I, I feel pretty strong that like you know somebody made a bold prediction last last week that Ron Rivera was going to win head coach of the year. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a little skeptical. Um, but I but I think the future. I think the, the the thing to highlight though is that the future is bright. Like with with that defense, there's some talent on there. And then if Howell is the guy, year two of like a you know, fifth round pick, you know, it gives you another year or two with like him making like 300k a year to like really kind of go all in on some guys and uh, put you in a position where you could end up stacking a team and then ultimately you know you franchise him for a year or two and see if he's the guy and before you have to pay him. So uh, there's, there's a legit chance that uh, they, they could build a, a pretty substantial winner. There, if, he, if he is the guy, I there's think some the other big head energy there. There is big time, big head energy. Brian Robinson. Many men yeah. Man on him. There is. Um, I think they, yeah. Like next year they will have $94 million in cap space. Oh. Yeah. Because oh they've, because they've sucked for so long, you can just go <laughs> draft people. It's it's the benefit of having a cheap quarterback, you know. It's the benefit of having a cheap quarterback. It's the benefit of not being good and being able to like hit on a couple of guys and just backfill with just like guys like Kendall Fuller and no name linebackers and Cam Curl, a guy who is not a high draft pick but has turned into one of the better safeties in the league. I'm going to say Washington is going to win at home because the game is also fucking sold out too. And they're inviting 175 former players from Washington to come back. Like I'm telling you right now, they are not because we actually have an owner that loves the people. Um, 28, 17 Buffalo. They cover the spread. Let me ask you a question. Where do you get all of the excitement for Buffalo when they lost to the jets? Josh Allen. No quarterback. Josh Allen. How did he look in that game? How did he look in that game? The Jets defense is a top three, top five defense. The the Washington Commandos sacked Russell Wilson nine times. Was it nine times? It was seven times. It was seven times. But they also forced fumbles. They got picks. Like, are you telling me me a guy who has more turnovers than Mac Jones is going to walk out of that game unscathed? Um, I think without a running enough. back and without a legitimate, well, I, we don't know that we, we don't know if James Cook is missing the game. I'm just saying he missed practice today. Oh, could be for any reason. I didn't hear about, about the impli- it's about the implication then. Apparently, apparently, his, apparently, okay, apparently so practice apparently is James the single Cook, most dangerous thing to your career when players don't want to do it no more. That's James, James Cook missed practice due to personal reasons. He had a baby, so it sounds like a big fucking his. Oh, no, not mine. that Tom, that might be against you. Yeah, players, he's gonna, players he's always gonna, bounce he's gonna back. He's gonna score a touchdown knows. and go like this. Yeah, he's gonna have the baby with him. He's gonna rock the baby. He's gonna pull the baby out of his pocket. <laughs> wait, spike it on the what, floor. Wait, what about if he Joe horns it and pulls the baby out of the um, the, the, the goalpost goal and then signs yeah. the baby, then throws it into the stands? <laughs> oh man. I, Is it I gonna be know, one man. of those silver pens though? The silver or gold pens that writes in silver or gold. 
the only type of it's the only pen I use. Listen, what do you guys <laughs> like? What do you guys write with? Come on. I, I like, know you like hot metal everywhere, just <laughs> all over your hands. So sometimes with, with good offenses, it just takes a get right game. And I think the Raiders are that get right game. And I mean, Josh Allen in that game. 31 of 37, 274, three touchdowns, no picks. James Cook, but it was 123 yards on 17 carries. And Gabe Davis, 92 yards and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, seven catches, 66 yards. I, I, I think they tuned up, and I think they caught their confidence back. Again, the Jets' defense is legit. So I'm I'm not but willing it, to just <laughs> – No, but that's the point, though, is that like – if they went against the Raiders and just completely shit the bed, I would say then there's panic. But like, you're going against a shitty defense and you just light them up. It will restore your your confidence at least a little bit. So, um, I, I I don't know. I, I again, I'm I'm not trying to be hate. Again, I've told you how much I like Sam Howell, and I I believe long term he is the answer to your quarterback questions. But uh, I'm just not ready to just say that they're gonna they're gonna go out there and, and beat the Bills outright. I think it's gonna be a close game, but I don't think that the Bills are gonna have their way with it because I think they, I think the window of them being a peak team is about two years too late at this point because they haven't really added anything to re- like really like make this team get over the top. Stefan Diggs is there. Fantastic. Gabe Davis had one good game. Love that for him. Outside of that, James Cook had a game that was good. But And then there's Josh Allen. And I think it's shown that if you're able to rattle him, he is willing to let go of the football, take bad sacks, try to be a, like a game breaker. And that works sometimes, but also it doesn't. And I mean – I think that Howell has been sacked 10 times this year. Josh Allen has been sacked seven. So I, so how about this? We can revisit this next week, right? Okay. And I'm going to I'm gonna say 28-17 Bills. What is your prediction for the score? And we'll see who. Uh, 27-24 Washington. 27-24 Washington. So, okay. So they just went, they just went out right away. I mean, here's, here's my thing, though, with the Bills, though. It's just that, look. I, I'm all about the Bills Mafia. I, I love a good Mafia, and the Bills Mafia, one of the best, right? But the problem is all around the, the league, they're building they're building tables with sturdier legs, and especially in the AFC, uh, AFC East. And I, I just – I think they – while everybody else was improving, granted Patriots marginally, but everybody else in that division was improving um, – they have kind of just floundered and and stayed the same thinking that they had the pieces and it didn't work for them once before and they're just getting older with the same with the same stick and it's just it's they are top heavy but like i i think the one difference is that james cook has been really good through two weeks and like the one biggest problem is they didn't have a rushing attack. And I mean, again, 17 carries for James Cook, 123 rushing yards. I know it's the Raiders, but like if they have that balance, and I think that was the biggest issue is they had no balance to that team at all. And now you're looking at a certified, like, I mean, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, like none of those guys were like all that great, right? But like if if James Cook is going to keep playing at the rate that he's playing right now and he gives that offense a balance and Josh Allen doesn't feel like every game he has to play the hero ball, if he feels more comfortable 
that he can just kind of follow the script. And if Kevin Ken Dorsey fucking understands like what to do, like it's pretty obvious, but like it seems like he just gets lost in the sauce sometimes. I I don't see there's not many people who can compete with them on a pure talent level. Like, I mean, between, you know, between like Dalton, you know, Dalton Kincaid and and I will say, I will say Gabe Davis is finally becoming the Gabe Davis we thought he was going to be. Had a great game last week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to see him follow up on that because, like, that was the biggest. Yeah, let's string a couple games together first. Brandon Ayuk also. Brandon Ayuk is the same thing. Is like you know thirty. Like he he would have a thirty point game and then a seven point game. So there's a chance he'll miss this week too. He is out apparently. He is out. It's been confirmed. Okay. Yeah, I think Adam Schefter said it before. I want to touch on one thing. I think it's important to note that both the Commandos and Bills they're pretty evenly matched offensively. Commanders, three passing touchdowns. Bills, two. Washington, um, they have – they both have six total touchdowns, and, like, they've effectively put up the same amount of points. I think where it's really going to come down to – Okay. What happened? Uh, Listen. It's I mean, they Washington Uh-oh. scored how many points in the second <laughs> half against a better defense? Thank hey, you. You were the one that is... wanted to play play the panic button. Uh, no, two no, I'm, I'm just saying that. Like, I, I, I'm just saying that. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to put the Commanders' offense on par with the Bills' offense as of right now. Again, I said that I think there is a legit chance that they could be in the next year or two a a legitimate offense. I'm just not ready to go there yet. I mean, Washington scored 21 points and a half. And I know that's not... So did the Giants. Yeah. Congrats. (laughs) That team was supposed to be better than Washington. Um, But Washington also held Denver to 12 points when they scored 21 the first. Like, like they're able to hold people back. I will... Oh, sorry. Tom. I would sorry. I would argue that their ability to drop twenty one and the way that they did fast and like overwhelming with a guy like Brian Robinson and now that Antonio Gibson is up and moving around properly, they have oh, a better God. opportunity to surprise Buffalo than like what the six and a half is giving you. Is there any game that you look at as far as like I'm looking at spreads right now? And I would say the one game that I feel pretty confident about is there's Cowboys of 12 and a half point favorites against the Cardinals. I think that's I, I'm taking I'm taking the Cowboys there. I think they're going to I think they're going to blow them out of the water. Why are they letting people bet on that game? <laughs> 12 and a half is, I, is, I 12 and a half is a big Q, ass spread. Q, I can't wait for um, for it to be a push. And just fuck your day up. I, I, I'm. I'm not betting. I'm not betting on it. I'm just saying that I, I like the Cowboys. Again, I'm not. I'm not giving betting advice to anybody. I'm just saying. As far what as what is the like, Dolphins Broncos game? Dolphins six and a half for Dolphins. I think so, that one makes more sense. Uh, I don't. I don't I, think I, people think much of Denver. I don't think they they think much of that that do, team. Do we just want to go real quick roundtable on uh, matchups this week? Yeah, hit me. All right, we'll do it rapid, real quick. Uh, starting tonight, Giants Niners. Niners are ten and a half point favorites. I I would say probably take the Niners. Niners, yeah. I think I like think it, I think I think like thirty thirty. It could be like twenty eight, you know, ten tonight. 
Like it wouldn't shock me. Falcons, Lions. Lions. At home, uh, Lions. What's the the spread is three. Uh, the Lions are three point favorites, so it's roughly a push. I'll take the Lions in that. I, that's actually a surprising one. Yeah, I, I would have spreads kind of well. That's a pretty. That's yeah. a pretty inviting game. Uh, Chargers Vikings actually probably one of the better games of this weekend, which is pretty cool because they're both zero uh, two. So one of them is going to be zero three. Zero two with functional offenses. So, Vikings yeah. <laughs> are Vikings are a single point favorite over them. I'm assuming just because they're home. Uh, I will take the Chargers in that. Me too. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the same boat with you, Tom. Yeah, I would agree. All right, all three there. Saints Packers, interesting Saints, one here. The Saints are uh, one and one and a half point dogs to the Packers. Again, I assume it's because of Packers being at home. I'm taking the Saints there. If Taysom Hill touches the ball more than ten times, I'm taking Packers. Uh, Packers win big. I don't think it's going to be close. Interesting. Uh, Texan Jags. Uh, Jags are nine point favorites. I'm taking the Texans with the points there. Interesting. What's what's that? What what's behind that? Uh, the Jags offense has been pretty bottom barrel this year, so I I just don't think I think the Jags win outright, but I don't think they win by ten points. I just I just don't think they're going to win that big. I think it's going to be closer. Texans, by the way, Texans pass defense has been underrated over the last few years. Trevor Lawrence's record against the Houston Texans not great. Um, I think it's like a three point game. I think like maybe like. 20 you know 21 17 or something like that it's like it's going to be some kind of close close score uh but i don't think the jags win by 10 points and cj stroud put up a nice little game he's 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 looked a lot better yeah so uh if you're if we're talking about spreads i'm taking the texans uh broncos dolphins i i did you guys i don't think you guys answered that one fins win no uh, jags jags texans oh um I think Jags win, but it's going to be close. It's so you're going to take the Texans with the points. I'm I'm, I'm in the same boat with you guys. It's, right. so it just seems ten, ten, 10 is a big promise unless they've you know the, uh, don't get me wrong. Jags could come out and have finally figured it out. I found that I thought going into the season the Jags were going to be a very talented team so with lots of weapons, and so Trevor Lawrence was going to be a nightmare factory for other teams. It just hasn't happened yet. Maybe yep. this game is their get right game. It's against the Texans. It could be it's, an easy game for them to yeah. Uh Broncos fins. 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 Uh, Dolphins are six and a half. <laughs> Dolphins are six and a half point favorites. I'm taking the Dolphins with, with that. Yeah. Tyreek Hill with like two hundred and eighty all purpose yards. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't I, that six and a half point spread doesn't scare me. Can can we for a second let's let's slow it down and just say how good are the Finns right now? How impressive are they? <laughs> Raheem Mostert put up a fucking fuck ton amount of rushing yards against a pretty good New England rush They're defense, doing it so. every which way against you, and they're not slackers at anything, really. So Mike far McDaniel. This Mike it's McDaniel is just becoming one of my favorite coaches. He has been putting um, – he's been giving Tyreek Hill these motions where he's basically getting like a running start, and it's like it's almost unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's something really like, interesting. It reminds me of like the XFL um, or what was what, like the arena football leagues where they right. like that ran that vertical motion. Yeah. 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 Yep. <laughs> yeah. Very much, very much that way. And again, it's all legal. So as far yeah. as I'm concerned, I will it, say 
Continue, Tom. That team will go only as far as Tua's medulla oblongata will take them. Mm. So if he gets hit in the dome one more time, that's another tick on the scoreboard concussion box yeah. that they have up there. Yeah. I think he's going to get hurt again. I hope he doesn't, but the track record just says like at some point in the season, he's going to be injured. And that's when I think the wheels fall off. I'm still on the, they're going to have to play him for the future in the next draft or find somebody to play quarterback, but they are, they are fantastic. And they were fantastic last year when he was healthy too. It's just a shame that. She was a little brittle. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, that's that's what happens when you don't shore up a line for years on years on years, and, and you just let your quarterback eat dirt. And that's what I'm afraid is going to happen with Carolina with Chase Young because he's already in, or Chase uh, Bryce Young because he's already hurt. High ankle sprain. Being a quarterback though, that's not a fun thing to have though. No. Yeah. Um, Colts, Ravens, Ravens are eight point favorites. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna take. I don't care if Anthony Richardson plays this. I'm going with the Ravens there. I think they win pretty big. How Ravens. I don't do, know if they'll cover how, that spread. I don't how know did why. Indy do after Gardner Minshew was in there? Good. They were already up pretty big. Richardson had two rushing touchdowns, like got in like the first five minutes of the game. That's 2010. Yeah, I, I just, I just don't think it's gonna be that close, honestly. Is the uh, uh, yeah, no, I'm taking uh, Ravens to win, but I don't know, I don't know if they're actually gonna get that eight points. All I right, think, so you, uh, you a touchdown makes sense, but I don't see eight. All right, so um, you got the Colts. Um, so is are the Browns back to business? I think we've already touched this, touched on this. Browns back to business against the Titans, or Titans taking this one? So the spread is three and a half. So I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the Browns only because I just don't, I'm not a big believer in the Titans' um, offense, and I think three and a half is like enough that the, the, their pass defense, is, their Titans' pass defense is so fucking bad. The Browns' defense is really good. I think they're good for at least a, a defensive touchdown in this game. And Derrick Henry, by the way, not practicing again today. Ooh, that was, I was gonna say, uh, King Henry is the factor there. Um, yeah, I, I would take the Browns then too. I mean, I'm going to make it a clean sweep, and I, I'm a little frustrated because it's hard to debate any of these because, like, the matchups are so bad. Can we yeah. acknowledge, like, this some of the these are – some yeah, some of these are fucking slam dunks, like – Yeah. And there's maybe been, like, what, one that we've disagreed on? Mm-hmm. It's just, like, one team yeah. is good and the other team is clearly not. Uh, Gato, you you we didn't get you on the Bills Commanders game. Bills are six and a half point favorites on the road to the Commanders. Where do you fuck me, Gato? Don't fuck me. No, I actually I I you know as much as I I said I I love the Bills. I root for the Bills a lot of times. Um, it's I think the Commanders have this one. I really do. Uh, I just I like being I like being the solo on this one. That's fine with me. I there's just some some sort of like back and forth roller coaster thing um james cook looking good but being consistently good is another thing uh that like it just again i'm i I don't know where the bills really stand and i think each year there's a lot of optimism because i think everybody kind of this is the team you want to kind of root for regardless of really who who you're a fan of 
and it just they haven't gotten it done in years and i don't know if they can do it again and i'm again i'm just i i gotta go with commanders i think i think they're trending in the right direction right now the enemy the enemy era has begun i disagree but it's okay we'll see um, patriots jets two and a half point favorites on the road the patriots um I'm gonna take. It's essentially a pick 'em because it's two and a half. Under over how many murders at this game? <sighs> um, I would hopefully take the under on that. I would hope. Hammer I don't know, over, man. Hammer the over. <laughs> this is this is probably the toughest one because Zach Wilson pretty trash against the the Patriots uh, historically, but Mac. Jones, I don't really trust to beat this Jets defense. I'm just going to pick the home team. I'm going to go with the Jets. This is probably going to be the most boring game of the week. For sure. <laughs> Mac Jones versus Zach Wilson. What more, yeah. what more could you ask for? Uh, I think this is the game that really – this is the one that sells Zach Wilson up the river, right? So yeah. Patriots I, take this one, and the Jets start looking for a new quarterback. I will say, though, this is a big game for both of those guys, for both McCorkle and for Zach Wilson, because this is literally um, McCorkle Jones. This is Zach Wilson's last chance to prove that he can be a starter in the league. And if McCorkle can't beat a Jets team without Aaron Rodgers and a guy who soaked for four years at BYU, um you're not that guy, pal. But I'm going to say Patriots win, but they win on a dumb play because it's a Patriots-Jets game. So I'm almost inclined to believe something stupid is going to happen. Like a satellite falls out of the sky and knocks the ball out of like Dalvin Cook's hand and <laughs> some obscure like former um, like pickleball player that Bill Belichick picked up from like – a community college in Ohio somewhere runs it back for a touchdown and they win. It. I'm, I'm, I'm actually expecting them to run the exact play that ended the Cowboys season last year, except <laughs> that it ends up working for them. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so bears chiefs, chiefs are at home. They're 12 and a half point favorites against the bears. I'm going to take the Kansas city. Chiefs. Yeah, chiefs will be wearing bear skins home. Uh, we're going to be talking about another disastrous game for the Bears yeah. next week. It's, yeah, it's going to be. This ugly. is not a get right game for you at on the road against. Kansas Question Iowa. though, if because they were three and fourteen last year, mm-hmm. if they start zero and three, is Eberflus? What's what's his status? Do you think they hang on to him? I think there's. I think they're going to probably fire Lugetsi first, or they're like they'll revoke play, play calling duties, and that will be the temporary measure to like say like I'm I'm fixing it. But, Don't worry. But who are they giving that to? The freaking ball boy? I mean, they they like That's there's a personnel question. issues I've, going on now. I've like, said, I do? if I was if I'm them, I'm hire I'm throwing the bag at Greg Roman. And I understand that there's a lot of criticism uh, with his offense. You know, you look at the Ravens over the last few years. It is a run-based offense. But, like, he did turn Colin Ka- – he, he was part of the Colin Kaepernick thing that, you know, and then, like, he was in Buffalo. Buffalo looked good with him. The Ravens the last few years. 
I think he needs like I know he wants to be a pocket passer, but I think you need to make your bones as a rusher first and then develop a, a, a passing because like there were plays where there were wide open receivers and Justin Fields just missing them. them. They're not even looking at him. Not even not looking even look. at there him. was there's one play where there was four open receivers and he they just need to, and ran. Yeah. And that was like what the fuck is going on? He here? needs to be in an RPO heavy yeah, rollout game. Quick it's options passing. all day for them. Yeah. Start with an option. You know what I would say at this point, because I think most expectations are so low for you anyhow, just keep running options until they start working and become effective because there's just nothing else for you. I agree. I agree. Um, Uh, Thurs versus Hawks. Seahawks. Which I've never seen a Seahawk. What do they look like? Can someone tell me what a Seahawk looks like? The Seahawks are six and a half point favorites at home. Don't you do it? It opened at four, though. But now with Bryce Young out, Andy Dalton is starting. (laughs) Give me the the Hawks. I think they win by a touchdown. I think they. I think they cover that. Seattle at home, twelfth man. Yeah, Yeah, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Um, them boys versus the Cards. I think we already know the answer to that one. Yeah, I said I said um, that's my lock of the week. I'm taking the Cowboys with the point or oh, the twelve and a half. I, I I'm not scared of the twelve and a half at all. I have another game here that will probably be competitive and interesting, yet will still stink. Uh, that's Steelers Raiders. Nothing about this game is compelling or interesting. Sunday night game. Yep, Ugh. they really did a bad bad job. Sunday night is the night you take your Benadryl and get your hours. <laughs> you know how you know how she says I've been waiting all day for Sunday night. I am not waiting for this. Is game. there something on Monday that they're like you know There's they're worried people aren't going to be Monday. watching TV on Sunday? Is oh, there something you know Sunday that people are watching that they're what not the really paying attention? What's what going the fuck on? Is here? Roger Goodell doing? He Tanking. Puts- he puts Rams Bengals at eight fifteen and Eagles Bucks at seven fifteen. What is with these two fucking games playing at the same fucking time? Back in the day when we were a proper country, we would have. It's, and it, I mean, it's not like it's not like ESPN has anything else that they they are going to be airing after. Yeah, this. they just scrub their fucking schedules for the rest for like of the day. It's unbelievable. We were a proper fucking country, and we would have a seven o'clock game and then a ten o'clock West Coast. Game. These are America's biggest issues and now <laughs> they have 715 eagles bucks should be a fucking fun game we'll get to it in a minute and then rams Bengals at 815 so now i have to fucking flip between these two fucking channels and miss fuck like this is fucking stupid but this is I the it's... confidence of the nfl to know in their heart that you're gonna go out and buy a second cable package <sighs> so you can stream both stupid. of them at the same time I don't understand why they're doing this. Like, Vivek, put a if fucking, you're listening, change this shit. <laughs> do a 7 o'clock fucking game, 7.15 game, East Coast game, and do a fucking Chargers game at, uh, at 10 o'clock. Like, what's the fucking problem here? Like, I don't understand what the fucking problem is. This has to be, like, focus group-driven shit where they say, like, people after, like, 11 o'clock tune out. So At least, you- then, you know what? Put on fucking Red Zone. Like, I don't disagree. That's I the like, thing but, that they're doing right there. They want no, you to turn not. on. No, they want you to turn on Red Zone. No, and watch that. No, no. It's the, these are Monday night games. These this is owned by ABC and Disney, so it's ABC and ESPN. It's not NFL Network. Huh. It's not NFL Red Zone. I guess. I guess in that sense, then maybe they're just trying to get it over as fast as they can because for many of the leagues, 
the whole thing of are dealing with this? ESPN is an absolute nightmare. Are they doing this all year? I, they better not be doing this all year because it fucking pisses me off. It's you. It usually stops. Well, no, no, because next week. No, Seahawks. Following next, next week, week. Yeah, following next week, you're gonna get your London game, right? Oh. You're gonna get your you're gonna get your early morning game. So that's why they're doing that <laughs> I now. Can't keep getting away with this. Yeah, they're Jaguars. Trying to, they're Jaguars. Trying to give you more football to watch. Jaguars and, Bills. Um, by the way, Jaguars should just fucking move to London at this point. Um, Falcons, Jaguars. Jaguars are playing two London games in a row. They love. Well, it's easier, honestly. If you think broke. about it, they they fucking suck, man. If you have it's one team, it's a huge advantage, football. honestly, because their team won't be as jet lagged that second game. Chai Khan should sell the team, honestly. It's fucking ridiculous. We used to be a fucking proper fucking country, man. Thankfully, it stops after this fucking week. But like, those are two good games usually that I want to watch. Isn't there usually one towards like, uh, no, like early November too, or mid November? But like, but back in the day, am I? Am, I'm not wrong here. Back in the day, they would have an East Coast game at seven o'clock. Like in the first week, it was usually only like week one. They would do a doubleheader on Monday Night Football, so they would do a seven o'clock game. Mm-hmm. Um, they would do usually like an East Coast game, the Eagles, Giants, whatever the fuck. And then they would do a 10 o'clock game, which was usually like Chargers, Raiders. And it was always a West Coast game. And like that was great. I love that. But like why are we putting these games on? Why are we competing with these each other? Because like – and by the way, Eagles, Bucks, and Rams, Bengals, are, two games are, that I'm kind of interested in. This is contractual obligations. Fucking and so this is how so you good. get through that like without having to – get through like you know what i mean it's but it's but it's such a bad customer experience that you would think that they would fucking work it out uh, and stop doing this i think uh, the other part though is that people aren't as committed as maybe you you are i are i are uh, we are with uh i are um we are when it comes to watching football and uh i i'm not... gonna disagree i'm gonna disagree no with no no, you no, no. And, ratings and... And and what I'm going to say is that um, for advertisement reasons, they want to keep your attention in one place, and so that's one of the reasons why you get this kind of um, split, so that you're paying attention and they're getting a concentrated. You're concentrating on one game. I think it'd be better if there was like a multi-view, like you could watch like a split screen of both games. I mean, like some sports have it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't really understand it, but like, it's just there could be, it could be something that they're working on with ESPN. I don't know. Um, they might have a split screen alternative. I'm streams. perfectly, I'm perfectly fine with like again, like I'm perfectly. It, it would be one thing if the game started at like seven fifteen and like nine fifteen. Or like you know whatever, but like the the fact that they're like doing it at the same time, it's just it just I understand what you're saying about contract. Uh, it's stuff, dumb, but it's, it's dumb. dumb because like there's two and like these this week you know I I like Eagles Bucks I think that's gonna be a fun game and then Rams Bengals should be fun too so it's like I'd like to be able to like the whole point is to watch these games and not have to keep fucking flipping every two minutes and like and, miss something and, and you don't want to pit like viewership against each other too like you want. You're going to get higher numbers with both of these. You're going to get higher numbers I, with one of these than you are going to get with two of these. I, I want to say that there's probably some sort of like data saying that when they have the two games back-to-back, 
that people turn off after the second half in the in the later game and so now by crunching them closer together they actually stick around for the second half of the other game and they watch the first so you get you're get basically getting you know instead of people watching a full you know the full two games they're picking and choosing in the middle but they're starting on one and they're finishing on the other wait and, you brought up a good point gato is the NFL smarter than us or is ESPN smarter than us? Because when they made they the have schedule, more data than you, <laughs> probably, yeah. that much. but when they made this schedule, they probably said the Buccaneers are going to be ass. And this mm -hmm. is a Monday night game. Let's piggyback it with another game. So what you were saying, if the Eagles are up like 28 to nothing by the end of the first half, yep. we'll give the piggies more trough. Yep. I love that expression. <laughs> <laughs> Give them what they want. More trough. <laughs> that makes sense, Tom. That makes good sense. Yeah, I, I don't know. All right. That makes well, more sense like eight months ago when the schedule was made than now. But yeah. All right. So Sunday night game, Steelers, Raiders. Raiders are two and a half point favorites at home. Fuck that. Give me Steelers with points. I think Jimmy G has his one good game of the year, and I'll take the Raiders. Okay. He's got to find a way to make like that $19 million a year that he's somehow gotten for the last five. I don't know. I think the Raiders are a dumpster fire that might end up with the first pick in the 2024 draft. So I'm going to say that the Steelers end up winning this. Again, that defense being absolutely fucking ferocious. This is probably the toughest one for me is the Eagles and the Bucks. The Bucks are at home and they're five-point dogs to the Eagles. I'm tempted to take the Eagles because I think they still win and probably more than five. But fuck it. Give me the Bucks at home, five-point dogs. That wishful thinking, I don't. I think they keep it close. It. I, think, I don't think they win. I, I think, think I think they keep it close. I think Eagles start to fly right around now, and this is that game for them. Um, and this might also be the game where Bucks start to turn around and go, "Oh yeah, that's Listen, the Baker that we we bought." You know, this is this is not the same defense from last year with the Eagles. Their pass defense is trash. They gave up three touchdowns to Mac Jones. They gave up four touchdowns to Kirk Cousins. Their their offense is still good, but that defense is bad. It, the, the pass defense, at least, is bad, not the rush defense. But I, they also lost their coordinator, too. Yeah. That's he's, probably he's looking for team. killers. Yeah. Who are the bus today? Lost <laughs> well, both coordinators. Yep. Shane Stetchen is uh, the offense coordinator in, in Indianapolis this year. Um, so yeah, working off back, but like, I mean, the Eagles are still good. They're, I still think they're going to win. I just think it's going to be like 27, 24. I don't think they cover the five points. Um, I like the bucks to win because their defense was good last year and it's still good. Talk your shit, Tom, talk your shit. Uh, Rams, Bengals, Bengals are three point favorites at home. I'm going to take the Rams. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, I think that's the upset of the week and by a wide margin. And people go, Zach Taylor, what you doing? Finally. Joe Burrow not Finally. practicing uh, still as, I, as far as I've checked. Uh, so I if, especially – I, I, don't, I don't think it really matters um, if Joe Burrow plays. But, uh, yeah. Oh, God. 
on the Giants front, Shane Lemieux starting at left guard tonight. Pray for Daniel Jones, everybody. Pray for Daniel Jones. I don't know who that man is. I didn't even know he was still on the team. He sounds yeah. like he's, he's, he's a hard time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a real rough game for Daniel Jones tonight. I, I'm just I'm just saying, he, like if he if he hey. makes it out of this game without going to the hospital, maybe 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 Bosa will will turn around and say, "I need more money." And uh... <laughs> no, they just paid, they just paid him. Maybe no, maybe he'll turn around and say, "I still want more money." This is too easy. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's maybe they'll set some people. They they're kind of knocked around a little bit. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I know. God damn, the Giants are gonna lose. <sighs> yeah, it's it's gonna. Be, I, I read the script, guys. I read the script. It's it's gonna be bad. Maybe it's not about the wins and losses. Maybe it's the friends we made along the way. <laughs> I feel like the NFL's made more has made me more enemies than anything. Probably, be completely honest. <sighs> Man, uh, apparently now they're saying that Taylor Rooks is reporting on NFL on Prime that Saquon Barkley six weeks has has said that it's a high ankle sprain. They said it was a normal ankle sprain, high ankle sprain. So the three weeks that they said that he's going to miss, I would say he's probably more towards five now. That um, or he loves the thought of being this Adonis guy that has like amazing like physical attributes because he's always kind of played up that hand and when he makes a recovery he wants people to think it was from a high ankle sprain because he does that all the time he does he does seem like he's a little dramatic sometimes yeah yeah i agree (laughs) (laughs) well the guy took his checks in crypto i mean let's be honest here there's some things you can't trust coming out of them yeah i agree well, he's like that guy follow that has all those like inspirational quotes from Gary V. You know, you just there's a little bit of Vic there. Yeah. As much as as much as he's our guy. He is our guy, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Want to do assholes and picks of the week? Sure. Wonderful. Gato, because you've been missing for so long, why don't you kick us off with your asshole of the week? I had a good one. I can't remember it, but um, all my recent discomfort with Delta Airlines is kind of making them my asshole of the week. Hmm. Um, so, like this about this time of year, you know, you're you're ending you're ending your your rewards programs are coming to to a close for their year. Um, D- Delta is currently updating their policies for next year's uh reward programs now i fly quite a bit for work the problem with these like tiers and rewards this past year a lot of people have complained have been some of the toughest yet because the not only is the miles to qualifying dollars and miles in general or segments really high you need like you know a, a ton of miles basically to get status um they've made it they've made it kind of like unattainable even for someone like me who's traveling somewhere around 50 times a year or better and it's wild because next year they're actually throwing away everything regarding miles and making it all about the qualifying dollars additionally people who what yes 
So basically, if you're not putting 40 grand on your credit cards or spending that on airline flights, which means you are probably doing lots of Delta One international flights, things like that, um, or just traveling that much, um, you're not you're not going to get status. You're not going to reach it. It's not even worth it. I mean, it's it's such a high and lofty amount to get to. Very few, unless you have serious means and a serious a certain type of lifestyle, are going to see the insides of those lounges, which is insane to me because these are pretty big, pretty nice, mostly renovated and new. Um, which additionally, there is now news coming out that people who have platinum or reserve cards with American Express were able to use um, having that card as a way to get into these lounges. There will be a cap to those. And, the, and my reasoning for having these cards in the first place was specifically because that lounge access affords to save me a lot of money. Yes, I pay a high membership fee for the card, but in return for my time spent in inside of an airport, I save a lot of money. And they're capping these at like 10 and 12 or something like that. And it's kind of absurd that they're making all these big changes that are very unpopular, especially considering currently you... Like, I haven't had a bump up on a flight in a long time. And I know these sound like very first world issues, but yeah, I think one percenter. I think this is like this affects a lot more people than you would think, and how much they're really not expecting it to tank what they're doing. Because I took a Southwest flight yesterday, and it was actually a better experience than being in the back of a Delta flight. And, um, I just, if anybody, if any airline out there is offering a status match going into next year, they're probably taking all of Delta's business. It's it's kind of crazy. Not to mention their flight, like where you can fly at what times are terrible. Um, it just, I, I feel like they're, they're not paying attention or they promoted the wrong person to make these decisions and it's going to hurt them dearly. Um, so that's why they're my asshole of the week. Flying is such an unenjoyable experience, and for them to take away your miles is also shitty. So, yeah, it, yes. it will be affecting 2025, I guess, but you earn in 2024, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, and you're right, it does take like an absurd amount of miles to get where you like get any kind of perks or benefits for it. So, I mean, even if you fly like a handful of times throughout the year, all that shit resets after a while, which is also stupid. Yeah. I mean, I'm at, uh, this year I'm, I'm at about 40,000 miles right now. By the end, I'll probably have reached over 50. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, it's like, think of how many, how many hours you spend in an air, in an airport, how many hours you spend on a plane to accrue that much and to, make it that much more about catering to wealthy or people with you know substantial means to um get that you know bump up that used to be a little bit of a comfort right for your loyalty you're basically saying the only loyalty we have is to fucking money and rich people which there's enough yeah. of that going on already 
So instead of incentivizing you to buy into it, they're just going to fucking like... They're just like... All right, well, we're not going to convince you. So here, I'm going to point this gun at you. Give us your money. Yeah. Oh, well. We so rest you. in peace, Delta Airlines. You will be the next Pan Am. Yeah, for, for anybody who wants to donate money to the show, don't donate money, donate airline miles because <laughs> that's go. the currency of the future. NFTs <laughs> just falling apart. Airline miles are oh as good as God. That's the way to do it, right? Start an airline based off of uh, buying miles. There you go. I like, start <laughs> writing this shit down now. Q, what you got? Oh, man. I'm going to go with the Marion County uh, Sheriff's Office in Indiana, because apparently due to a clerical error, uh, they let a murder suspect walk out the door. That's and that's two two in a row now, huh? They are currently looking for a 28-year-old named Kevin Mason because they can't find him. Hmm. Um, he was on the run for nearly two years. He was in custody for about 48 hours and they, I think there was like a taking care of what they called a duplicate entry in their system. There was two Basically, Kevin Masons because that's a name of a troublemaker. Yeah. So apparently uh, they, yeah, he, uh, he apparently is on the run and they can't find him. So uh, great job uh, by, by them. Uh, great job. Could you imagine being the guy that got like a public urination ticket that's now getting sent to like maximum security <laughs> prison because there was a mix up like that? That would be, that would be very funny. You got a real whole uh, situation happening in Marion County where you know the, you fucking killed her. Like I, I went thirty five in a twenty. <laughs> what are you talking about? Stop lying, where, piece where, of shit. Where's Marion County again? Uh, Indianapolis. It's in, oh, the, Indi flat, oh, okay. it's in the flat part of Indiana. Yeah. Uh, so all of Indiana, <laughs> the flathead part. I just imagine like the sheriff, like looking through all the suspects, and they're like, "Wait a minute, where's Kevin?" And it's that scene from fucking Home Alone. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a Brooklyn Nine Nine episode to me. Hundred percent. You let a murder suspect walk out because he's fucking because of clerical error. Yeah, because someone like. Marion nine nine. Someone didn't upgrade their fucking Windows computer from nineteen ninety nine and turned over to two thousand and then crashed. <laughs> Just Terry <laughs> Crews doing a doing the robot like looking down alleyways. <laughs> All right. Well, my asshole of, of the week is going to be none other than the esteemed reporter from the New York Times, David Brooks. Um, oh, God. So what did he do now? He posted on Twitter currently known as X, um, he said he posted a picture of his meal at an airport um, where he said, quote, this meal just cost me $78 at Newark. Oh, this is that. why Americans think the economy is terrible. So we all know that buying food at the airport is really expensive. Like it's not cheap to buy. Never, never has been cheap. Never has been cheap. And I acknowledge that like he bought a burger and fries like that's going to cost but what he did not acknowledge was the fucking like double Blanton's on the rocks that's in this picture too. <laughs> it's like, my guy, like this is probably the third one that you've had before your meal showed up. And now you're all pissed off that this costs you 78 bucks. Like this is probably like a $20 burger with $44 in like whiskey afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Dude, no, no shit though. Yesterday I bought a Reuben. It was 
the most mid Reuben of my life. It came with fries that cost me two dollars extra and sure. a Miller Lite, and it was forty three dollars. Jesus fucking Christ! It's probably a, like they they heavily mark up alcohol, right? Is that what it is? I the think... beer the beer was ten bucks. It was a big beer. I will say that That's it was a twenty two ounce beer. So I would bad. I don't feel bad paying that price for it. But the fact that this Reuben was beyond mediocre, nay, I say garbage, and it was still just 40-something dollars at the end of the day, I just, you, you get, that's why I said that it really sucks, because you get nothing in airlines, and it costs you so much, and like, not having lounge access next year, I'm going to be losing my mind not being able to, I'm going to be smuggling fucking, like, booze-soaked tampons into the fucking into the, total, into the airport, man. Move right there. Yeah, yeah, very on brand for you. Just be like, I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. Oh, that was uh, that was a great dump. You know, Jesus. Wow, I have no words. Um, on that note, Q, why don't you tell us who your pick of the week is? Uh, Netflix comedy, British uh, comedy called Sex Education. Uh, the final season just came out. Uh, one of the more underrated shows uh, that actually like mixes really kind of gross humor with like some actual heart kind of mixed in um, fourth and final season just dropped on Netflix. I'm psyched to jump into it. I've heard about that show. Very somebody, funny. somebody told me it was funny. Is it anything like um, you said, goofy gross sex jokes but it's like anything like big mouth i know it's not animated no no very very different uh it's very much steeped in reality it's basically the premise is like this kind of nerdy british you know kid in a british school uh, high school um his mom is a sex therapist he becomes like the resident sex therapist for the school and it's all about kind of navigating that uh but there's actually like it's um um What's her, what's her name from uh, X Files? Gillian uh, Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, Anderson. She, yeah, yeah. Who actually very convincing British accent. Actually, I thought she um, was British. <laughs> she is. Yeah, is she. I think so. I thought she I was. Thought, no, yeah. I don't think she is. No, she's from Chicago. Yeah. Oh, no, shit. she's not British. Wow, and that's why I'm like, oh, that's, like I remember being once like, wow, she. I didn't know she was British. I didn't know Scully was British, and then like, oh, she's fucking not. So wow. pretty convincing. Fooled it, me. Pretty, it really like it does. Na- it it kind of straddles that line of being like kind of gross and funny, but also like has like endearing moments and like some tackles like some really serious stuff too. So it's uh, it's it's really like it does like teen comedy pretty well that we don't really get. Okay, so she returned. She moved to England wow. when she was like fifteen months old, and she lived there for eleven years. Because she's also OBE it's not too, and fair. I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. she's a member of the most excellent order of the British Empire." <laughs> the British Empire. Yeah, I'm kind of glad it, this show's coming to an end because I, I think they're kind of like I don't want it to overstay its welcome. It's kind of doing a really good job of like we're gonna put a bow on it this year, and that's it. So it's a it's like a lighthearted comedy about teen issues and like growing up that could easily become a depressing, dark, weird place if not done right. So 
Totally. And also, too, like the cast is getting old as well. Yeah, <laughs> and they're getting more famous. Like uh, the the girl, the, the the one girl in the show looks exactly like Margot Robbie. Um, she was also in the Barbie movie. Um, the head, the one one of the guys, he become the new Doctor Who. Uh, so like it, mm-hmm. it, there are there you know you can tell they're starting to move on like mm-hmm. a lot of the cast members so it's yeah you know, it's probably a good move to just kind of put a bow on it and end Uh-oh. it. Oh, they're Harry Pottering. Yikes! Hate that for them. <laughs> got it. Who you got? Uh, you know, so uh, the the recent rash of like Agatha Christie um, novels that have become movies. They have had mixed reviews. Sometimes they're fun. Sometimes they're not. A lot of times they're just kind of corny or bad. The new one, though, with Tina Fey, uh, A Haunting in in Venice, I'm actually interested in because it will – it's got Tina Fey. One, I'll watch anything with Tina Fey. She's just great and hysterical. Um but I think it's got a, a lot of good elements. And for this time of year, you know, we're coming around Halloween. It should be should be a good one. Um, I just also didn't have a pick. So I was just like movies that have released that I'm like, I might go check this out. Um, sure. Let's do it. Yeah. It's the same, walk uh, on the wild side. same detective character that was in Hercule Death on the Nile and yeah. uh, Murder on the Orient Express. It looks like yeah. it has some supernatural elements it's also being well pretty well reviewed so I'm, I'm interested in that too yeah i'll give that one a whirl i also wanted to see dumb money too that looks funny yes <laughs> um my pick of the week is going to be an apple tv show called shrinking so this came out a while ago and i was a little apprehensive to pick it up but love um, jason siegel it's it's surprisingly very very good because I, I didn't hear a whole lot about it, but I like Jason Siegel, and okay. I think this is a really cool role for him. It's also like a really nice show, too, because Harrison Ford is not trapped in Star Wars or Indiana Jones, and he's actually like a real fucking person in this. Um, but <laughs> I really, really liked the show. It's probably one of the best things, probably one of the best series I've seen in a very long time, because one of my critiques about like recent, like, shows on netflix or amazon or wherever is like they make the character so fucking unlikable and so non-human that it's hard to believe like this is a funny show jason siegel is a therapist whose wife dies and he's grappling with that but also trying to like parent a 17 year old daughter and trying to navigate his life but also caring for this person and grieving at the same time Harrison Ford is his mentor who's like this grouch, but he's also dealing with Parkinson's disease. Hmm. Jessica Williams, former um, Daily Show anchor or Daily Show reporter, is in this as well. She's funny as shit. Um, It was just an enjoyable watch. And there's so few of those now because either the shows are too stupid or too fucking long or just poorly produced. But this one was like... We, we, we watched this whole thing in like two days and I'm impatiently waiting for season two. Again, it's shrinking Jason Siegel's in a Harrison Ford. It was a banger. I loved it. I'm into it. I, I, I heard good things about that. So I'm definitely, uh, definitely will check that out too. I, I, I'll always check list. out an Apple series, uh, 
anything Apple puts out is usually a banger. It, they've this done show a pretty is, good job. It's just so fucking witty, man. Like the one-liner jokes are not stupid. Oh, they're there's like, good writing. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> the, thing right? that, <laughs> the thing that they're striking about, good writing. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't impact the the creation of season two because I would hate for this for this to be kind of like a victim of the writer's strike because I think this is a show that's really a breath of fresh air, particularly because so much of the stuff out now is just like you know, franchises or like like non-independent IPs and shit like that. Um, it's just nice to have something new out. So I'm, I'm actually shocked the writer's strike's still going on. I gotta be honest. I'm not at all because the production companies suck. Uh, the, my problem is that it's not that. It's the fact that eventually they'll be like, you know, we kind of don't need you. We got a bunch of content we already have on platforms, and people just rewatch that anyhow. So you're hurting yourself. <laughs> and then they're like, you know what? We don't have to put out that much content. People are fine with watching The Office fucking over and over again. It's cool. So that's that's like why I'm kind of like, how is this happening? If the UAW strike is still going on next week. We have to talk about that because that is wild how that whole thing has come to be. Good thing we're sports fans. Yeah, that's a nice teaser for next week's show. Um, guys, you got anything You're a else? teaser. No, Mind it's... your manners. <laughs> I don't all right, fellas. Any. Well, that does it for us. Thanks, y'all, for attending. Um, you can find us on all the, the social media platforms and shit like that. You can find us on YouTube as well. You can find these handsome devils on the internet as well. Maybe. They might don't, be in Marion County. Me. Don't find yeah. me on the internet. Look me up on OnlyFans. But do us a favor if you... <laughs> Gross. But do us a favor if you want to recommend this to a friend, please do that. And if you want us to talk about any particular topics, we are football heavy right now because... We are sickos like that, and that's the game that we play. But if you want us to talk about anything else, message us, Second Mouse Podcast on Instagram. Let us know what you want you want us to talk about, and we'll take it from there. Not that. Okay. I see what you're writing. Not that. We're not talking about yeah. that, though. No, no, no. That's not. No, 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 no. Yeah. All right, got to Take us out. <laughs> Stop it. And I'm not kidding you. He goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Ha! Suck it, Jack Sparrow! <laughs>